fueled by Temperance Spirits, Edmonton's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Order online for doorstep delivery. Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton, your local leader in post-game Oilers analysis. In this episode, it's fueled by Temperance Spirits, the city's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Visit Temperance online for a curated section of non-alcoholic options. Choose from a variety of craft beers, mocktails, wines, and spirits. Temperance isn't just a retailer. It's a community of Edmontonians who celebrate the spirit of socializing without the need for alcohol. And with Temperance Spirits online shop, ordering your favorite non-alcoholic bevies right to your door is as easy as Connor scoring the winning goal. You can find our partners at Temperance online at www.temperance-spirits.com for delivery to your door. And use the code SDPN for 10% off your order at checkout. And give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Temperance Spirits. How's it going, everyone? We're back on this Sunday afternoon sleepy game. We already got, uh, it says four people in chat. Let me refresh that. How many people? We got 30 people watching now. We are back. The Edmonton Oilers win 4-1 over the New Jersey Devils in a matinee game to extend their winning streak to seven in a row, seven undefeated at home with Chris Knobloch. They are back to 500 at 2-9-1. If you told me they would be 12-12-1, I would have called you crazy. I would have asked what team you're watching. Before we get into the game, everything that happened, a very weird game, kind of sleepy, but also eventful at the same time, if that makes any sense. Uh, We'll get into it. I just want to thank Clay for covering for Dennis Avery and I uh, last game. Dennis was unavailable. Avery obviously has a press pass, so he's got to be at the actual game. He can't he he can't do game over from Rogers Place. It's kind of tough. And I UFC had the audacity to schedule an exam at the same time as an Oilers game, which obviously super disappointing. But yeah, I just want to thank Clay. Did an awesome job. Loved watching it. Loved hearing an unbiased point of view because I'm obviously the most biased you can absolutely get. Like, you do not get more biased than myself. Want to say what's up to everyone in chat? Shaden, we are back, baby. Nuckbow, MT Grim, Safe Jewel. I know it's a Sunday. I know it's an odd time for a game over, but I'm thankful all you guys are here watching. Go ahead, once again, hit like, hit subscribe. We're well on our way to 100,000 subscribers. We're so close. We want to get that silver play button. Helps us a lot. Appreciate you for coming here. And yeah, Clay, oh good, the real co-host is back. Yes, I am back, ready to cover, ready to talk about this game. And what a weird game. I definitely expected the Oilers to come out slower. I think that's pretty standard, pretty typical uh, for matinee games. Calvin Pickard got the surprise start tonight. I was kind of happy to see that. Stewart started something like seven in a, in a row for the Oilers. And for the la- the five games prior to the last game, he was excellent above, and I believe he had like a 930 save percentage combined in all three games. Last game, you kind of started to see the fatigue, the cracks in his game appear a little bit. Obviously, he came up with a huge save at the end of the game against the Wild, but uh, he wasn't playing near as well as he did the previous five. I think it was very smart to get Pickard in the game tonight. And this was the opportunity for the Oilers to bounce back to 500. The Devils on a second half of the back-to-back, just like Minnesota. The Oilers have kind of gotten a really uh, beneficial schedule, if you want to call it that, uh, to start the season. Um, they, I don't believe they've had a back-to-back yet. Uh, and the teams that kind of gave them trouble last year, like even with this lead going into the third period today, 
I was nervous. I'm sure all you guys remember the Oilers blowing a three-goal lead against the Devils last year in the last, like, five minutes of the game. So this team is super dynamic offensively, super fast. And for the Oilers, D-Corps, that isn't, you know, the most efficient skating D-Corps in the NHL. They tend to struggle with those faster teams. You see guys like DeHarnay. You see, you saw DeHarnay, like, Jack Hughes caught DeHarnay flat-footed, created a breakaway for himself. But Calvin Picker uh, stood up tall, made the huge save for the Oilers at a crucial point in time but yeah that was kind of later on in the third period it looked like so yeah let's jump into it so to start off the game Chris Knobloch runs out uh Ryan McLeod against the Devils first line which to me super positive sign to see right away because a lot of people smarter than me pointed this out but if you think back to the Vegas series last year Ryan McLeod's line was actually the most successful matchup against Jack Eichel's line. And Jack Eichel's line was torching the Oilers. Him, I think head-to-head against Dreisaitl, it was like 5-1 to one or something for the Eichel line. Every time the Eichel line was on the ice against Dreisaitl, uh, they were Oilers were in the defensive zone. And obviously, you need Leon Dreisaitl in the offensive zone, in the playoffs especially. You need to be able to trust your bottom six. And I think that is one of the biggest things that stands out to me tonight. Both bottom six lines, the Ryan McLeod line and the James Hamblin line, excellent. This might be the best bottom six game of the season. I know McLeod and Fogel, I don't believe they ended up on the score sheet or anything. They were around it. They were super effective in hemming in the Devils' top line for significant periods of time. The Devils pretty much got nothing for the first 40 minutes of the game, right? Like, it was, it was, obviously it was a tentative start and obviously they were on a back-to-back, but like, Whenever the Oilers were on the ice, the puck, it felt like, was in the Devils' zone. Even if the Oilers weren't creating, they were in control. When the Devils were in the defensive zone, like the, sec- the second shift of the game, really good defense by the dry side of the line. They keep the Devils to the outside. They allow Picker to see the puck, get a nice, clean shot, get an easy save, and kind of work him into the game, right? And then very quickly, kind of, well, about 10 minutes into the game, uh, Connor Brown. We all rejoice because I actually wrote at the top of my paper that I thought uh, we were, go- we're getting close to the point where we need to have a serious Connor Brown discussion. I get before uh, the the ten ga- you know the ten games it was wave Connor Brown wave Connor Brown. Obviously they didn't. You know I don't know I don't think anyone really rational expected them to do it. Is my volume that low? Um, is my mic sound bad? I can try and turn up my volume here. Uh, sorry guys, yeah it's only me today, so I'm a little bit. A little bit slow going back and forth, but yeah, let me know how my mic sounds in the chat because I am honestly not sure how to turn this mic up here. I'll try my best, but um, yeah, So, or maybe I'll just try and speak louder. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Connor Brown gets a bounce. Looks like it's going to go in, but a Vander Kane kind of bumps a Kira Schmid right on the edge of the blue paint. They called it a goal. I see how that one comes back. It, it, the skate got tangled up. He kind of bumped. It was very, very minimal. Probably as minimal as you can get. But I understand why that one came back. Now, it really does suck watching that one come back for Connor Brown. Because obviously you want to see him get rolling. You saw what a goal has done for Ryan McLeod. The confidence that he's played with. Um, that, it, you know, can, it's carried over into this game and beyond. Because again, defensively tonight, excellent. The Ryan McLeod line. Um, and obviously that goal doesn't go in, and it really sucked. And uh, Connor Brown's goal comes back. He saw all the boys rush over, pat him on the head. It looked like he was going to have to go into concussion protocol. Uh, yeah, Connor Brown definitely needed that one, and it didn't go his way. Really, really unfortunate. But you know what? He has to battle through it. He has he has to get better because 
I did not foresee a scenario in which the Oilers would lose Kyler Yamamoto and somehow lose production on the Andrade Settles line after what 19 games this year that Connor Brown's played because remember he missed a bit of time with an injury. Um, he has one assist. Like Kyler Yamamoto was, he ended up starting to hear it towards the end of his Oilers tenure pretty pretty significantly when it came to um, you know the production consistently being stapled to McDavid and dry, well dry saddle more often than McDavid but now we're seeing that with Connor Brown stapled to dry saddle and you know a few times McDavid and has pretty much gotten nothing at least Kyler Yamamoto when he was he was really effective on the cycle digging out pucks kind of creating the play helping dry saddle dry saddle was able to play off of him and I don't get that same sense from Connor Brown uh, obviously he's tenacious but it's 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 a different type of tenacity if that makes any sense he's not as good on the boards as Yamamoto was and I think five on five, it is kind of affecting Drassel. And, that, and, and this might turn into one of the needs that the Oilers have uh, going into the trade deadline. But just kind of to keep myself from getting sidetracked more, uh, kind of early on into the game, after after they call the goal back, the Oilers stop a three on one. Darnell Nurse ties up Nico Heischer's stick, doesn't allow him to get a goal. And I thought that's another theme. Like I thought for the most part, outside of Jesper Bratt's goal in the third period, the Oilers were excellent defensively. The attention to detail was next level. The Devils, for all their warts that they have, um, you know, in the defensive zone, allowing odd man rushes, what have you, they can snap it around. They are a really, really good offensive team with a ton of weapons, and the Oilers were able to minimize what the damage that they did. It was a really, really impressive performance tonight from the Oilers' defense and the Oilers' bottom six. And obviously, even McDavid came out banging and crashing tonight one of the most physical regular season games i remember from Connor mcdavid obviously when the playoffs come around he turns into an animal but yeah they stop that three on one um pickard makes a nice save then schmidt stops hyman off a beauty feed from from uh 97 uh and then ryan champions can't bat home the rebound which you know was unfortunate he had the bat and goal like a week and a half ago they mentioned that on the broadcast uh then the oilers end up getting a power play and Man, Akira Schmidt made a really good save on Leon Drysdale from his spot. I thought the top unit looked pretty good today. Uh, obviously, they got the one power play goal from Evan Bouchard later. Um, you'd like to see a little bit more production, but you know what? Special teams are awesome. Like the, I think this is the game where you can kind of definitively say that the penalty kill is... Is I don't want to say back because it hasn't been here for years. I, like this is a revolution for the Oilers. This is a game changer. This penalty kill because yeah, you can get hot, you can make a couple saves, you can just get lucky and you know stop ten in a row, kill off fifteen in a row, whatever. This is the best power play in the NHL. They have a they're thirty four percent on the season. Obviously, it dropped after tonight. They, they said this on the broadcast. The Oilers set a record at thirty two percent, and this power play is clicking at a higher percentage than that. And the Oilers killed off all four of the Devils' power plays tonight. It was an excellent performance. Each penalty kill, there was a different player that stood out. Whether it was Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle. Whether it was Matthias Ekholm outworking someone in the corner. Whether it was Matthias Janmark getting a huge block and a huge breakup and skating it down the ice. Everyone was excellent on the penalty kill tonight. But this, this, you know, even though I'm talking about a lot of stuff, but 10 minutes into the first period, the shots were only 4-4. Four to four. So... It was still a low event game. It felt like the, De the Devils felt tired. They were missing the net a lot. They weren't really efficient with their passing. It felt like they couldn't make a breakout pass. They kept turning the puck over at the blue line. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a really weird game that way. 
Um, and then right after the Oilers power play, you get the first Jack Hughes flop of the game, which definitely frustrated the Oilers and Darnell Nurse there went to the box with tripping. And that's where the penalty kill work kind of started at home. Yanmark, everyone was great. Um, and then, yeah, great kill X. And then the Oilers end up going right back to the kill after that Zach Hyman delay of game penalty falling over, puts it over the glass. The refs are obviously not very good tonight. We can get into that too. Obviously, if you guys, just as I'm going back and forth, um, you guys want to throw any questions in the chat. Um, if you guys want to throw any questions in the chat for the press conference later on, I greatly appreciate it. Once again, it's only me today, Dennis, Busy, Avery at the game. Uh, so I'd appreciate it if you hit like, hit subscribe, all that, all that fun stuff. But right before the end of the first period, and just to go on that theme that we were talking about, about how the effectiveness of the bottom six, um, Sam Gagne, James Hamblin, Derek Ryan, excellent shift in the offensive zone. Sam Gagne feeds Derek Ryan, who puts it home, and the Oilers go into the intermission up 1-0. It was a really low event period, but for the Oilers to come away uh, up 1-0 was huge, 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 huge for me. Um, I was super ecstatic. Love seeing Sam Gagne get a point. Nice cycle goal. It kind of caught the Devils off guard. It looked like they were already kind of half off the ice for intermission. Um, yeah. Then to start the second, the New Jersey Devils take a dumb interference penalty, um, on Edmonton. It was kind of, it was really weird. Um, on that interference penalty though, the Oilers get the, they, Pickard goes to the bench and the Oilers are able to hold the puck on the delay of the, on the delayed call for a minute and 30 in the offensive zone, get a completely, like a second power play pretty much. Donnell Nurse hits the post. Like, the Devils got some puck luck tonight, too. As weird as that is to see, or to say, I think for the end of the second period, the Oilers hit three posts. And they weren't just any posts. Like, Connor McDavid hit the inside of the post and thought he scored. That doesn't happen very often from Connor McDavid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they hold the zone. They end up going on the power play. After Nurse hits the post, McDavid gets another post. They come close. But again, they just can't, they just can't convert. Um, after the power play, Schmid makes a good save on Ekholm. Nurse crushes Dawson Mercer. <laughs> and Leon Dreisaitl, going into the offensive zone, cuts between two Devils defensemen. Hold them! Like, blatant interference, holding, whatever you want to call it, by two Devils defensemen. And the refs, I, I don't I don't even know who the ref was tonight. I can't remember. I, I have a feeling it was Steve Kazaria, just based on the tweets I saw out of some Edmonton accounts. But nevertheless, atrocious, atrocious, atrocious stuff. Um... Yeah, dry saddle no, does isn't called, and then um, yeah, it was it was that was rough to say the least. Uh, but the Oilers kept coming. I, I, you know, almost eight minutes, nine minutes in the period, the Devils hadn't got a shot on goal yet. Like the, this was for the first thirty minutes, especially a pretty do heavy domination by the Edmonton Oilers. It was a very good effort. I was very impressed. No complaints from me whatsoever, and I am up. Uh, king of the complainers when it comes to the Oilers. So if there's even the smallest thing off, I will point it out and I will not be happy about it. But again, the last seven games, excellent. This effort, excellent. Um, Yeah. And then kind of right after Leon Dreisaitl's hauled down, you get this play, which I think this was even more, this was probably the most frustrating non-call or mistake, whatever you want to call it from the referees. But Ryan Eugene Hopkins deflects it in like deflects it off the bar. You weren't sure. It almost looked like it went in off the initial Ryan Nugent Hopkins deflection. McDavid and Hyman then start 
jamming at it in the crease and it, it goes in like clear as day goes in i do not understand how that did not count there was no interference I, I i don't know they were saying on the broadcast that he intended the ref intended to blow the whistle something like that but it was a clear as day goal I, he didn't even blow the whistle until after it went in so i don't know what that intention bullshit is about it's that was a bunch of garbage uh it, that was a really upsetting to me that kind of pissed me off for a huge portion of the game here um but yeah um yeah that, that was that was pretty rough let's just let's take a look and see as we jump kind of halfway through this game see what you guys are saying in chat uh some stranger evander kane was good was a good boy today yeah evander kane played you know got the empty net goal got an assist awesome mgd ekholm continues back to get back to form from last year it took a while to get back due to the injury and absolutely, Matias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard have been, what, a, a top five pair in the NHL uh, in, over the last 15-game stretch now. Excellent. This is the guy that they traded for at the deadline, not the guy that had a busted hip for the first 10 games of the season, could not skate. Matias Ekholm looks excellent. Evan Bouchard is a top five defenseman in the NHL. There's, if you say no, you are, just aren't watching. There's every metric and his play suggests that he is. It's excellent. Uh, Ethan says, uh, Dejarnay played 15-43 tonight. I definitely even noticed him on the goal. Honestly, before the Jackies play happened in the third where he kind of caught Dejarnay flat-footed in the neutral zone, I think Dejarnay has been excellent over the last 15 games. I really do. He hasn't been as physical, probably, as you would expect from Vincent Dejarnay. But to me, it looks like almost like his skating has improved. You could tell that his confidence has improved with the puck. It's just based on the passes that he's making to Kulak. It just to break the puck out of the defensive zone and the passes that he actually is completing to the forwards as they're you know starting the breakout i think dayrenay's actually been really really effective like i'm really happy with dayrenay making the salary that he's making as a bottom pairing right shot defenseman i think the problem is and again he's been fine he's been effective but ideally he's a bottom pairing defenseman as well as your cody cc making 3.25 million dollars because he does not compliment darnell nurse well and i thought darnell nurse also excellent today uh the only five on five goal the only goal that the devils got was that brack goal later on in the third period that we'll talk about which was cody cc got caught puck watching and his guy scored got it happen nurse was doing everything he should have been doing uh so i was really happy to see that um after yeah after the Oilers don't get the thing uh lazar interferes with the oilers uh, i think with cody cc the oilers go back to the power play this time they take advantage of it. Evan Bouchard, 99.4 miles per hour. Another Bouch bomb, his third goal in two games. And the Oilers are up 2-0. Excellent elite defenseman. Not just elite offensive defenseman. Elite defenseman. Unreal. One of the best players on the Oilers this season. I'd say he's their, he, like, he might be their second best player this season. Like, honestly. Honestly. If you look at the season as a whole, Evan Bouchard might be the second best Edmonton Oiler this year. And they've had and they have a lot of excellent players. So that's not putting anyone down. It's just talking about how good Evan Bouchard has been. He's over a point per game, and he's giving nothing up defensively. No one can create against him. Him and Ekholm are so efficient. The retrievals, the zone denials, it's excellent all over the ice. Top-notch, elite, top quality. Both of them are all-stars. Um, but yeah, move on from that. 
Um, Devils next shift. Uh, Hughes creates, and Pickard makes another huge save. Calvin Pickard was excellent tonight. I think he was better than all of us expected. I think we expected probably a high event game when we heard that it was going to be Akira Schmidt and Calvin Pickard uh, playing against each other. The Devils, the Oilers, you just know the nature and the reputation of these two teams. But game was anything but that. It game was a defensive effort. The shots were like 14 to 8. 40 minutes into the game. It, this was not the offensive domination that you would expect. The offensive firepower, barn burning type game that you would expect from these two teams going playing together, which was really funny to see. Uh, Akira Schmid robs Zach Hyman on the next play on a breakaway with the paddle of his stick. Zach Hyman, just another awesome game tonight. Uh, Hyman working his ass off like he does every single game. Got multiple breakaways tonight created for the Oilers. Uh, on that play, just got super unlucky. Like, yes, it was a great save, but super unlucky. Just couldn't beat the knob of the stick. Uh, and then right at the end of the period, Jack Hughes infuriated Matias Ekholm, who's calling it for his second flop of the game. Uh, goes down quite easy, but Ekholm goes to the box. The Oilers' excellent kill, and the Oilers end up going to the third period on the kill for 43 more seconds. Um, the Oilers end up killing it off. Uh, the Oilers, uh, the Devils definitely created, they definitely were more active offensively at the, in the third period for sure. Um, <laughs> MGD definitely placed a bet on the game. I'm shocked and disappointed. It go, didn't go over seven goals total. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. This was an over this, this game screamed over and yeah, it hit the under. It's, it's kind of funny, but you know, not for the people that lost money. But yeah, the Devils create and Hughes missing that. It felt like the Devils were missing the net on a lot of opportunities. Like they pointed out on the broadcast, Jesper Bratt was probably the Devils' best player. Timo Meyer was invisible for the Devils. I couldn't imagine paying that guy $9 million a year and trading everything that they did. And I know it was actually a disappointing haul from a Sharks fan's perspective in terms of what they brought home from Timo Meyer, but invisible. Like these dynamic offensive players that you think of when you think of the New Jersey Devils, like Tyler DeFoley, like Dawson Mercer. Like when I think of Dawson Mercer, I think of getting crushed by Darnell Nursing. Like it was on the outside completely. DeFoley had that one chance on the empty net that Calvin Pickard stood up huge and he stopped DeFoley and Hughes. But like other than that, like the Devils weren't getting anything from their big guns. And they have a lot of big guns. They have a lot of skill up and down that lineup. Felt like Michael McLeod was more noticeable than uh, than any of the Devils' top six. You know, even Jack Hughes, you could tell he was getting really frustrated with the his play, with play of his line mates today. Uh, obviously, at the end of the game, he smashed his stick on the crossbar, so that kind of tells you how he was feeling. Um, but kind of continue on in the third period. James Hamblin misses a wide-open net from Sam Gagne. I screamed, I jumped off my couch, I thought that went in. Obviously, who doesn't love watching James Hamblin score? Uh, it, it Really sad that didn't go in. James Hamblin's one of those guys you want to see score every single game. Just awesome story. Been amazing fourth-line center for the Oilers. Um, he was excellent tonight once again. Didn't give up anything defensively uh, against some really, you know, at least the reputation would have you believe, really effective offensive players. So, yeah. The Oilers played really well. Very happy with all that. And then, obviously, that one discombobulation we kind of talked about earlier, right after the Oilers go up, or right after Hamlin misses the Oilers' net, uh, Akira Schmidt, don't know what the hell he was thinking. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen a goalie do. He goes out to play the puck. So, I guess it starts out with a lob, a huge lob to send Zach Hyman in on a breakaway. And Zach Hyman can't corral the puck, but Akira Schmidt commits to going out to get it anyway, as if 
that was the only thing that was going to stop Zach Hyman from getting a breakaway. But the puck was kind of going into the corner anyways. Like, I don't understand why not just let your defenseman handle that. Let Zach, it, like, the worst thing that, that's going to happen is Zach Hyman's going to get a really horrible shot from a bad angle. But he goes out, ends up getting in a board battle with Zach Hyman, who gets the puck right to McDavid, who scores the easiest goal of his career. Wide open, empty net in the crease. Uh, so the Oilers end up going up 3 nothing, and then right after that is when the whole discombobulation happens in the defensive zone. You saw Cody Cece get caught puck watching. Jesper Bratt puts it home. Kind of deserved the goal. Nothing Calvin Pickard could do, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it, it just it was it was unfortunate right there uh, to see that one go in. And that's kind of where the Oilers kind of had to manage um, the Devils because that goal kind of gave them a sense of life. That's when that Vincent DeHarnay got caught flat-footed. That's when the Devils definitely started creating a little more in the offensive zone for sure. Um, and the Oilers had to manage it. And the best player on the Oilers at that point was Calvin Pickard. Didn't give up anything. Crowd rebounds, wasn't kicking them in the slot, wasn't making it stressful. This game from Calvin Pickard was less stressful than any game Jack Campbell has played in his entire Edmonton Oilers tenure. Like, call, like I, I saw this narrative going a little bit, but calling up, Jack Campbell, after you just saw, saw this performance, would be the biggest mistake so far this season, and that says a lot. Biggest mistake so far this season, and that says a lot. You like, I I honestly would start Calvin Pickard against Chicago. Give Skit Stuart Skinner another day to rest. You're playing a lot of games in a really short period of time up until Christmas. Stu's been good. You saw he got fatigued. Let's rest him. Let's get him, give him a nice break. Calvin Pickard absolutely deserves to keep rolling with this start. And it's Chicago, right? Like Chicago lost Taylor Hall. They lost Corey Perry. They really don't have the guns that you would expect. Like obviously they have Bedard. And it's going to be really exciting to see Connor Bedard go up against Connor McDavid. But we can, we can kind of talk a little bit about that as we just finish off the events in this game. But yeah, the Oilers were definitely trying to limit the Devils possession. They were trying to limit the opportunities for the Devils. They were kind of playing a more conservative brand of hockey. Yet they were, they were still pushing. Um... There were some bad calls there. Luke, he, the Oilers got called, I, I believe, I want to say it was Connor Brown in the corner, kind of going in on the forecheck on Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes trips over his own skates because Connor Brown's stick is in the vicinity and the angle the ref was standing at, calls him on the penalty. Missed call, horrible call. But again, I mean, earlier in the game, McDavid cross-checked Ryan, or Michael McLeod, probably should have been a penalty there. Refs were bad tonight. What can you say? The Oilers won anyway, so no use complaining about that. The Oilers kill it off again. Uh, uh, Connor McDavid crushed Colin Miller. Huge hit. Love to see it. Jumped off the couch when that happened. That was awesome. Um, uh, yeah, no, nothing else to say. And and off that hit, the Oilers created a a crazy chance. Kane Drysital, obviously, probably one pass too many. Can't convert on the back of the net. They definitely in the last couple of games. I think a game a theme with the Minnesota Wild game and this game. The Oilers are getting odd man rushes and. Even Leon looks like he's passing it too much. There was one in the first period where he had it kind of on the backhand, slid it over to Kane, and he just held on for a little bit too long, couldn't get the pass over. There was, They aren't converting on the odd man rushes, you know, how they usually do. I feel like that'll come, but I'd like to see a little bit of first, a little bit more of a shot-first mentality when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, overall, they didn't score there. It's okay. You're still up 3-1. Warren Fogle has that play where he kind of bats the puck a couple times in the air. Puck on a string. Creates a breakaway for himself. What a love to see him score that. No one who makes consistently makes plays that surprise you and it looks like himself more than Warren Fogle to get himself in a really good scoring position, but also just 
Like, I don't understand how you can have hands that good and have the absolute lack of finish that Warren Fogle does. Obviously, he's creating and he's been pretty effective, honestly. I'm really happy with the play of Warren Fogle. You'd like to see him create a little bit more. But, you know, after that, the Devils end up pulling their goalie with four minutes left. And they get a little bit of chances. They felt a little dangerous. All of it was on the outside. Again, excellent defense from the Edmonton Oilers. Pickard robs Jack Hughes and Tyler Toffoli. Like we talked about, his best save of the night. Probably biggest save of the game. Because again, I was thinking about the game last year. The Oilers blew the 3-0 lead to the Devils in the final five minutes. And then next shift, what do you know? The empty net assassin, Vander Kane from Connor McDavid, picks up another point. What else can you say? Just an excellent win. An excellent performance in a matinee game, a game that felt kind of slow, a game that felt choppy at certain points, a game where the Devils never really took a hold for a significant portion of time, a game where the Oilers always seemed to be in the right position, every defenseman negated opportunities. Obviously, the Devils are going to create some stuff, but for the most part, like, the Devils got nothing. Like, the high danger chances for, so if we look at natural stat trick now and the high danger chances for, the Oilers got 13 to the Devils, 6. Uh, Just if we look at the core C4, like, the Devils actually, yeah, like the the Devils got a lot of shot attempts. They just were missing the net. The Oilers were blocking a lot, getting in front of it. Uh, overall, pretty happy. Like the shots for it, five on five or twenty four to seventeen for the Oilers. Uh, scoring chances. The Devils generated it looks like a lot of low danger scoring chances, and I guess that's the difference here. Because again, when you have Jack Campbell in net, those are the things that go in, and that's what frustrates you so much with the game, right? But like Calvin or Calvin Picker today, excellent. Stop everything he had to and more. Excellent performance. One of my favorite personal performances from an Oilers goaltender this year. I really do. I, I'm I'm on team start Calvin Pickard against Chicago. I saw MGD was in chat talking about how the Chicago game is uh is a little nerve-wracking for him. And I'm interested to see why he thinks that. But yeah, at five on five, the Oilers generated 2.28 to the Devils 1.53. So yeah. Uh, two one score there, and then if we go to natural statric, all situations, it says the Devils actually uh, generated two point two seven expected goals. So excellent performance from uh, Calvin Pickard there. Hyman controlled <laughs> Hyman, Ryan, Gagne, Hamlin, like excellent performance in the fourth line, controlling ninety five percent of the expected goals. Um, yeah, the Oilers get back to five on five. Really weak game from Connor Brown. He was probably my one dark spot. Um, from this game and it's something that we're gonna have to talk about because he just isn't cutting it on dry line like dry settle needs like as good as leon dry is he needs someone to play off of um i i understand the talk about needing a top six winger you're obviously not gonna be able to well i honestly think you could move connor brown i don't think they are just because of these are the edmonton Erie otters at this point like connor brown is an oiler this year just you gotta hope he just picks it up and gets better but like his cards, his Andy and Rono card, his JFresh card, bottom of the barrel. Does not look good thus far. Needs Need more from him. Need to pick it up. I would love to see when Dylan Holloway gets healthy, a prolonged period of time in the top six on Leon Dreisaitl's wing, playing with Evander Kane. Put him in that spot. See what you can get out of him. Obviously, this is a little late down the line, but I think just his skating... He just seems to be more effective at the things that we were sold that Connor Brown is good at, like forechecking and the tenacity and the never give up, kind of like they were calling him a Zach Hyman light. I feel like Dylan Holloway is a more physical version of that. He has more goals than Connor Brown on the season still. So 
Yeah, and, and Connor Brown and Dylan Holloway, obviously under Woodcroft, but wasn't getting the ice time that you would like to see. It feels like just based on the ice time, like tonight, if you look at it, like Derek Ryan, 10 minutes, Yanmark, 14 minutes, Brown, only 12 minutes. So it does feel like Brown is starting to get the short end of the stick from Chris Knobloch. He's kind of slowing down that ice time there. Ryan McLeod, 13 minutes, Sam Gagne, almost nine minutes. But yeah, I'd like to see Dylan Holloway get a prolonged period of time there. Darnell Nurse played almost 20, just over 24 minutes. Huge game from Nurse McDavid, 21 minutes. He was all over the ice tonight. Uh, I Honestly, and just to go back to something I saw in chat earlier from Ethan talking about Vincent DeHarnay needing to um, uh, not be noticed. But, uh, you know, to me, that's not a bad thing. That's really good. If I'm not noticing Vincent DeHarnay, it's because he didn't make a bad breakout pass. It's because he didn't lose his coverage in the defensive zone. It's because he's doing everything that he should do. DeHarnay is not going to rush the puck up the, the ice like Evan Bouchard. He's not going to make a great keep at the blue line. He's not going to make a beautiful pass down low to Zach Hyman for a goal. He might, but we don't expect it from him. What I expect is Vincent DeHarnay to be calm, to be collected, to be defensively responsible, to be an effective partner for Brett Kulak, who kind of struggled to start the season. Um... And yeah, um, I've, I'm very happy with the play of uh, Vincent DeHarnay. Let's, so yeah, we're just going to say that this is the press conference now. We'll jump into this. Uh, Daki says, you think Holloway will be back by New Year's? I know they called it week by week. I want to say he, I want to, I don't think he tore something in his knee. Um, but I, I believe it's a knee issue. Um, I believe early January would be the absolute earliest he could come back. But you're probably looking at later January to early February just based on the nature of this type of injury and stuff. And you want him to be 100% healthy. There's no use in rushing Dylan Holloway back. Uh, you want him to be healthy and you want to put him into position to succeed. Uh, well, let me know in chat. What do you guys think? Who would you start next game against Chicago? And let me know. Are you excited to watch Connor McDavid play against Connor Bedard? I, I am. I am for sure. I'm, I'm very excited for next game, honestly. Really excited for that game. So let me know what you guys think. Uh, let me just take a look here in chat. Pickard played better than Campbell did in any game this year. Totally agree with that swoosh. Luke Vendables. Uh, so forgetting form back was easy. He's getting over a few injuries. The coach's bump. How can you tell the start of the season form? Uh, always is reply to Dark Fighters here. And I don't really know what Dark Fighters said. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Oilers are 12 and 12. 12, 12 and 1 now. They're 500. That's ludicrous. Like, that this is such a 180 like you could tell they're healthy mcdavid's hitting ekholm skating this is this team is capable of damage they are capable of doing a lot again they just because of the hole that they dug themselves uh they brought they're they're probably not like gonna win for get first in the pacific obviously like vegas still a good team la um is excellent i actually am so like i think okay here we're just talking about I am so excited for the Edmonton Oilers' first matchup against the Los Angeles Kings this year. The L LA has been the best team in the NHL, in my opinion. Flat out. The best team in the NHL. Lines 1 through 4, defense pairings 1 through 3, and Cam Talbot, you know, we know it best. Cam Talbot has been excellent. Excellent for the LA Kings. But this Oilers team, they're the LA Kings' boogeyman. When they go to sleep, when Drew Doughty and Anze Kopitar go to sleep, they go to bed thinking about the Edmonton Oilers. They lost in seven. They lost in six. This is their measuring stick. You saw how much these regular season games against LA meant last year when LA won the first two before they had that New Year's game with the four fights and all that different stuff. And from then on out, the Edmonton Oilers lost like five games or something stupid. But like this for the Oilers this year, just after the start 
and the adversity that they face to claw back seven in a row against good teams that give them a lot of trouble. Carolina, New Jersey, Minnesota. In the past, have they been good? They've been good some points, they've been bad some points, but they give the Oilers a lot of trouble. And the Oilers have clawed, clawed back, beaten all their boogeymen. I'm so excited for the next matchup against the LA Kings. I want to say it's coming up in the next couple weeks in Los Angeles. Uh, I want to say it's December 28th, something like that. Just off the top of my head. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. I'm just going to jump back to the bottom of the chat here. Start picker for sure. Everyone, it seems to be in agreement. You go back to uh, Calvin Pickard, give Skinner extra rest. I would rather they have a suggested Skinner for Florida and Picard for Chicago. Gives the best chance to win those games. And I think that's the mindset, and I really hope uh, that's what they do. It'll, it'll be really interesting because, again, Skinner's been rolling so much. Like, this is definitely the most he started in the NHL in, in sequestion or whatever. So, it's in sequential order. So, uh, yeah, giving him back-to-back -back rest days um, I don't think is hurtful. And I agree, against Florida, get Skinner back in there again. His prior play over the last, you know, couple weeks would suggest that he'll give them a good start against Florida. And we should be good. Obviously, I'm still thinking about a goalie. And the one thing, I've kind of been jumping all over the place. Um, but the last thing I'll kind of leave you guys off with here uh, is that uh, just based on the Minnesota Wild game, I was kind of thinking, it does obviously, it doesn't seem like there's any big goalies available. Jordan Mannington, John Gibson, UC Saros, whatever. It doesn't look like that could happen. It looks like Jack Campbell is going to be in the minors for the foreseeable future. He's kind of had a couple rough starts since his good stretch of three. I wonder... I know there's been rumors, and I know uh, he declined in the past, I believe, I want to say. Uh, I didn't, wasn't interested in going to Edmonton, but I want to say he's a UFA at the end of the year. His team has been struggling, and like, how many of you would be interested in Marc-Andre Fleury? Because I know he hasn't been good. I know if you look at the goal saved above expected, I know if you look just as save percentage, hasn't been good. It's been one of the reasons why Minnesota's been struggling as much as they have this year. Obviously not blaming it all on him. There's Minnesota's way bigger issues than the Oilers, but like, Marc-Andre Fleury, even at his age, feels to me like the guy that you can get who can get hot for 16 or 20 games and go on an insane run in the playoffs. Like, James Reimer does not do it for me. And I think Calvin Picker played excellent today, and no disrespect, cannot have him going into the playoffs. Like you, you the, the, the goaltender is still the number one need. It doesn't matter if Stuart Skinner puts up a 940 for the rest of the season. See, he, he, the goaltender is still the number one need. I think my number one target might be Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, the performance against Edmonton in that Minnesota game when I watched it back was excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, that's just something I was thinking about. Obviously, LA, Minnesota. I, I really do think that if Minnesota continues, you can say, like, you can kind of sell it to them if the Oilers are, are sitting in a playoff spot, which I'm sure they will be. Um, yeah, the, the, you could probably sell it to them. Uh, to get him here for one playoff run. So I think that'd be really interesting to see. And like I said, MGD also says, uh, will really help Skinner. And I think that could also be a huge benefit, you know, being around a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury for, uh, for a long period of time, you know, that'll definitely help you. But you know what? It's Sunday. It's 525. I appreciate all you guys being here with me. There's 48 of you watching now. If you haven't clicked like already, please hit like. I really appreciate it. This is an awesome game. I'll be back with Dennis. Next game against the Chicago Blackhawks, 7 o'clock start, 10.45 game over. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you guys all here in the chat. This was awesome. This was fantastic. Enjoy the rest of your night. Stay safe. Um, stay warm. Um, but, yeah, that's all from me. Let's play La Bamba for the seventh time in a row, and let's 
keep this shit going. Don't take Chicago lightly. That is all from me. So, so long. Take care. Good night. Yeah!